0: This is News Talk 980 CKNW.
1: We have tomorrow on the campaign and then it is election day. If it feels like it's been a long time coming, well, that's because we've been dealing with campaigning with uh, for what seems like a m- lot more than a month. Keith Baldry joins me now with Global BC to talk a little bit more about this. Keith, good morning to you.
0: Morning, John.
1: Good morning. We're almost at the finish line.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's you know, 28 days campaign. We're almost uh, at the end of it. I don't think this one has been a barn burner in terms of excitement or uh, public engagement. I think uh, I still think there's a lot of antipathy out there uh, on the public. I don't think this one has really grabbed people by the collar and and shook them and said, "Hey, there's an election going on." I think people are uh, probably a little tired of all the campaign ads they've been seeing on television. I mean, I think they've the advertising has reached the limit of uh, some of those annoying car dealership ads you see over and over again and you're sick of them and i think voters are probably sick of all the political ads with the repetitiveness that we see from from them and also the negativity that's associated with those ads that i think is has the potential to drive down voter uh, participation in this election i think a lot of people are probably turned off by the negativism
1: i i physically turned the television off the other day because it was one commercial break but it was the same ad that played three times
0: yeah, I mean, you, know, you and I both work for Global. We can't complain about the advertising. <laughs> but,
1: no. Uh,
0: it keeps us in, employed. But you're right. It's just, it's just over and over again. And I actually jokingly complained to both parties that your ads are starting to turn people off. You know, uh, come up with something different because seeing the same ad, negative ad about either Chris Clark or John Horgan three times in a row within 10 minutes is a turn off for people. Uh, and they do it for a reason, of course. They're trying to make their point. And research shows negative advertising does work. But I think, I've never seen the the uh, sort of uh, repetitiveness and the saturation advertising that we're seeing in this campaign, in previous campaigns. Uh, it's the most negative campaign I've ever seen, and that usually does lead to voter suppression, that people just don't participate uh, come election day as they would normally do.
1: Uh, we have seen some similarities uh, to the last uh, election campaign, be it uh, Christy Clark in a hard hat, uh, different uh, NDP leader, but I know John Horgan was wearing a firefighter's uh, outfit on, on Firefighters Day. And that. what about some of, maybe go through some of uh, perhaps the high points and the low points, so uh, what you pick out uh, from the election campaign?
0: Well, I think I think uh, you're right, Christy Clark in her hard hat, that that is the key to her, her messaging. It's election campaigns are marketing campaigns. They're very much making a pitch to voters to buy their product. And Clark had a very uh, consistent uh, image projection throughout the campaign, always at a work site, always surrounded by workers, always in a hard hat and a safety vest, even signing hard hats at times. And I don't know how many times when we, we in the media get immediate advisories from her campaign warning us, don't wear open-toed shoes or sandals to this. You know, boots are required uh, because it's an industrial site. So it's, uh, that's her image. Horgan very much more, I think, way more engaged with the public than Adrian Dix was in 2013. Trying to project himself as sort of a man of the people, uh, an agent for change. That was his message. That uh, change, change, change. That was constantly coming up on the Liberal campaign. As, and Clark consistently talking about jobs. I don't think there was any, you know, particular moment in the campaign that everything turns on. The debates were what they were. They no uh, real. I don't think, big advantage from uh, either leader coming out of the first online debate or the or the television debate. I suppose Andrew Weaver sort of caught people's attention in a way that he hadn't done in that televised leaders' debate. Uh, and I, you know, that, for him, was sort of a, a coming-out moment. Uh, other than that, you know, you had the, the so-called I am Linda moment with Christy Clark, which, you know, uh, was a negative for her for some time when she was encountered by a woman who didn't want to vote for her, and she just sort of gave her the brush off. Uh, but these events, I think, come and go, and I, I, I don't think anything that, that this election turned on any one thing. I think it's it's a close race. It's going to come down to the wire, and at the end of the campaign, we are where we were at the beginning of the campaign, which is it's all about fifteen or so ridings uh, around the province, mostly in Metro Vancouver, where the outcome of the, those ridings will determine the election, whether it's a majority government for one party or a minority government one party and that's why you see the leaders continuing to visit those ridings. so we're talking about delta north surrey uh central surrey uh burnaby north maple ridge penticton uh north vancouver lawnsdale that's those are the ridings most of them held by the bc liberals the ndp need to take uh and hold on to their own base uh for them to uh, forge and uh, win an election but both sides have recognized there's a path to victory for both parties it's largely through the suburbs of Metro Vancouver.
1: And is that where, as well, I'm guessing they have internal polling that's going into overtime, uh, trying to figure out which of those ridings has undecided vi- uh, voters and the people they really yeah. need to get to?
0: Oh, yeah. The, both sides are, are doing extensive research on that. Uh, and again, I don't think a lot has changed in those ridings from the 2013 election, which uh, is certainly where the leaders go tell me that, that Delta North was won by 200 votes by the B.C. Liberals uh ridings won by less than 700 votes Vancouver Fraser View uh Delta North as I mentioned Surrey, Fleetwood Burnaby North uh, uh Maple Ridge uh, Pitt Meadows uh, Port Moody uh, Coquitlam these are ridings that uh really uh, are going to be determined by who which party gets out the vote so getting out the vote it's an old cliche but that will decide the election which party can best deliver It's voters on Election Day. That's why the parties put so much effort into the advance vote, because every voter you get into the advance poll, you don't have to worry about them on Election Day. They're done. They're in the bank. Uh, Election Day, it's all about, specifically in a riding like Delta North, where 200 votes decided the outcome, which is literally one or two voters for every polling district. Uh, That's how close it can be in some of these races, and I think it's very, very close between these two parties. And the Green Party, you know, South Vancouver Island, I think they're going to make an impact uh, that uh, they didn't have in, in 2013. Sandwich North and the Islands comes into play for them. Some of the Capital Region uh, ridings, Cowichan Valley, and today, in all of all places, the Greens are camp- campaigning in. Andrew Weaver and David Suzuki are in the riding of New Westminster, which is quite interesting. Their internal polling shows them competitive in that riding historically, that's one of the safest NDP ridings you can imagine. It's an industrial heartland for the NDP, yet on the waning days, uh, you're going to have David Suzuki campaigning there on behalf of the Greens. Uh,
1: Do you think the Greens will, uh, I I think we can assume the popular vote will go up, but do you think they will get another seat?
0: Well, I think they're very competitive in a riding like Saanich North in the Islands. Uh, I think Andrew Weaver's pretty well a lot to win in Oak Bay. But in Savage North, it was a three-way race, a genuine three-way race. We don't see much of those in BC. We're generally a two-way race. We're a polarized province. But the Greens in 2013... Came within a couple of hundred votes of winning that that seat, and Anna Olson, the candidate there, very good candidate. Uh, he's been campaigning ever since, so I think that's a seat that the Greens have a very good shot of winning. And then just north of there, over the Malahat in Cowichan Valley, uh, where the Greens also, I think, are engaged in a three-way race. And when you're in a three-way race like that, any outcome is possible. Uh, it's uh, it's quite conceivable that the Greens could win there. So we're talking potentially two three seats for the greens maybe more once you get into the capital region you know i've been in vancouver for months covering the campaign but phoning home all the time and talking to people i get the impression a lot of people who voted for the other parties uh ndp and liberals in, in the capital region last time are seriously thinking of voting for the greens and that could turn a number of ridings supposedly safe seats for the ndp into big question marks on tuesday
1: Uh, Do you think a lot of that is also, it's been 16 years uh, of one party, and if people are tired of that, but maybe if they don't want to just go back to the NDP, uh, they're deciding to vote green, people that may never have voted that way before?
0: Oh, I think there's a a lot of truth to that. I think uh, the 16 years in power thing, I think, is, even the liberals acknowledge, they get that on the doorstep, like, we're tired of you, sort of thing. Uh, But a lot of people who voted liberals, philosophically, can never attune themselves to the NDP, uh, it's just diametrically the opposite for them. And so the Greens are this untried, untested, new car, new kid on the block. Why not, uh, park myself here, uh, and, uh, and, and see what happens? And it's not so much voting for the, for the VC Green platform, which, you know, has some pretty significant tax increases for people, but voting for them knowing they're not going to get into power, they're not forming the government, but it would be nice to have a few of them in the House to keep the other two parties in check, to keep them honest. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people in B.C. would favor a minority government situation where you had all three parties, or certainly two parties, had to listen to each other rather than just rule it all by yourself. I think a lot of people are hoping that the Greens hold the balance of power on Tuesday. And for the first time in decades, that's a serious possibility that can't be discounted. I don't think it's a likely one, but it's certainly a possible one that the Greens with two or three seats could hold the balance of power on either the B.C. Liberals or the NDP.
1: Interesting times. Keith, we'll leave it there, and uh, we'll talk to you Election Day, I'm sure. Oh, for sure, (laughs) Joe. All right. Thanks, Keith.
0: Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.